Prime Headlines is brought to you by Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, I can. Live from our studios here in Kokomlemi, Accra, this is Johnny's Prime with me, Samuel Kojo Brace. In his bulletin, Bank of Ghana in urgent search for recapitalization support from government following historic 60.8 billion loss that has left it significantly weakened. The BOG, however, says its loss was due to government's debt exchange program. Now, also, Parliament orders Finance Minister to submit government's debt restructuring details of the program to the House. And campaign team of Alan Chamantin accuses the camp of Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia of using government establishments to induce delegates. More as campaign team of the Vice President hits back, describing the allegation as a low point. At 8 p.m., Pius Kodobaka will be joining with Prime Business. And Ghana's past sector to face additional financing challenges due to Talo's decision to increase the price of gas to the Chinibuanyura Tumi fields as well as 10 fields. We're going to have to pay Talo at around $9 million uh, a month, and that translates to about $100 million uh, a year you know, of additional uh, you know, fiscal burden on the power sector. At 8.30, uh, Razak Muzbao will be bringing us prime sports. Well, September 27th sets as the date for the election of new leadership of the Ghana Football Association. We have details as the election committee unveiled roadmap for the process beginning August 7. We are independent, fearless and credible. Stay tuned for details. Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, I can. Now, the Bank of Ghana's loss of more than 60 billion cities was due to domestic debt exchange program, which the country recently undertook prior to the IMF bailout. The BOG is said to have spent almost 17 million cities on computer-related expenses, 131 million cities for motor and vehicle maintenance, and also 97 million cities for foreign and domestic travels, among others. Speaking with Pius Kojobaka, the director of research at the BOG, Philip Abradu Otu, said the bank took a 50% principal haircut on its non-marketable instrument, which was around 64.5 billion city. According to him, despite the loss, the bank is still in a position to discharge its mandate of pursuing price stability. There were three, three key items 
if you'd permit me to explain. Mm. Um, so as a result of the domestic debt exchange, um, we had a 50% principal haircut mm. uh, on, on our non-marketable instruments, which was around $64.5 billion. So we took a haircut of 50. But remember, uh, no other institution, the private sector and the banks, did not take a haircut in all of this. It is the Bank of Ghana that has, that has been the shock absorber to the domestic debt exchange to ensure that we return to debt sustainability over the medium term. Mm. As I was explaining, uh, we have the marketable instruments, the non-marketable instrument, and Cocoa Board, Cocoa Board's loans to BOG were all put in the perimeter of the debt exchange, and that, has, uh, that resulted for, for the loss. These three items alone accounted for $53.1 billion out of the loss of 60.8. This is close to 90% of, of the loss. And uh, you cannot say that the domestic debt exchange um, has not had any impact. It's purely a domestic debt exchange impact on our balance sheet. Yes, of course, there were other things, but those other things were very minor on our balance sheet. Um, yes, we have a negative equity. Uh, we think you shouldn't be worried because I think the, the issue that arises is whether the bank will continue to be policy solvent. Um, it's an issue of policy solvency. And with policy solvency, the issue is whether we can continue to discharge our mandate uh, uh, of pursuing price stability and uh, financial stability despite the negative equity? And the answer is yes, we can. So we can do that. Policy solvency requires realized revenues to cover costs and build longer-term capital reserves. But I think that is not to say that, um, yes, we don't need to recover we will have to recover uh, as, as, as we move along, but uh, will we be policy solvent as we move on? I think, yes, we will be policy solvent. But again, we also need to recognize that we are putting in place uh, steps and actions to ensure that we return back to, to, to positive levels. Mm. So uh, some of the measures that we are putting in place is that uh, we'll be retaining profits to build capital backup. Uh, we'll then be optimizing the Bank of Ghana's investment portfolio and operating costs to bolster efficiency. Uh, and then again, I think you said this at the beginning of your program, we, we will be making an assessment uh, for the potential need for recapitalization support from the government in the medium term. Now, earlier, the minority in Parliament served notice that will subject some recent expenditure made by the Bank of Ghana to value for money audit. And according to acting ranking member on the Finance Committee, Isaac Adongo, a future NDC government will probe these expenditures. And I want to tell Deloitte and Tooch that we are paying attention to its work at the Bank of Ghana and that it should apply the full impact of the regulatory violations. They cannot go and do this type of work. And I want to tell Dr. Addison, 
that in future we will subject these numbers to value for money audits. Now, Isaac Adongo also insists a purported write-off of debt owed by the government as void because Parliament did not approve of it by resolution. The so-called write-off of 32 billion is inconsequential. It has no parliamentary approval, and as a matter of fact, the accounts should be restated as prior actions next year when the auditors get back there because there is no parliamentary approval. We have not written off any 32 million. Of course, impairment, we don't have a problem with impairment because that is a standard accounting practice. But right off, they must come under Section 53 of the Public Financial Management Act. But how confident... But how confident uh, can we be in the assurance from the Bank of Ghana? Dr. Richman Etuahene is a banking consultant and he joins us via Zoom. Now, grateful to you for joining us, sir. The BOG says they are not to blame for what happened. Isn't that a reality looking at what happened to the economy? Thank you very much, Grace. Reality is a bit subjective. The point is that the law says it clearly that you shouldn't do 10% of your past revenue. And the physical discipline, the physical responsibility, I say that we shouldn't do 5%. So if you breach the law and you decided to do it, I don't think it's the reality. The reality is that if they needed to do that, mm. why wouldn't they seek an approval from the parliament? Try approval from parliament. Mm. And parliament could have used its power and say, look, do what you were expected to do. That is not when you do it and you tell us that whether you're right or wrong. Mm. I think that that is why the parliament is there. When you were going to have the overdraft financing government, there was nothing that stopped them from taking it to parliament to seek prior approval before what they did. Unfortunately, it wasn't done. So for me, it is neither here nor there. Okay. Now, they are assuring us that they are in control and are putting in place measures to return to positive levels. Hello. What are the critical things that uh, the Bank of Ghana should look at? As Hello. Doc, I, I can hear you. If you can hear me, I'm trying to find out from you that as the Bank of Ghana is assuring that they are in control and are putting in place measures to return to positive levels, what are the critical things that they need to consider in their effort to return to positive levels? <laughs> Um, Doc, if, I, I'm trying to find out from you, with your knowledge of the dealings of the Bank of Ghana, what should they do or the critical things they need to pay attention to as they engage in practices or uh, they implement effort to, en- to try and ensure that they return to positive levels? Well, in positive levels, as Abradi Otu said, you have to look at retention. Mm. But, you know, retention will take you a considerable t- time. Even if I average the 1.5 over the last five years and, and divide it by the losses, it will take you close to 42 years before if you retain everything. Mm. But in accounting, you don't retain everything in reserves. So it is not possible to retain everything. Okay. Another one that he said that they want to rationalization. I mean, look at efficiency and rationalization. It's a good thing. But the most important thing for me is that if we have stick to the law, we wouldn't have found ourselves. So now that the IMF is telling us zero financing, and it's an IMF order, they will stick to it and they will never finance the government physically. If they do that, maybe. 
will be able to. But however, however, there is no way. Because if you look at the IMF policy documents, mm. if you wouldn't mind, uh, IMF country report, 23168, I think page 42 or thereabout, says that Bank of Ghana would have to do the DDEP. And after that, the, gov the Bank of Ghana and the government should seek to recapitalize the central bank. Okay. That is what is in the book. It is in the whole work. So it is not somebody who is telling us that they are going to recapitalize. The question that they have to recapitalize. Mm -hmm. Because, you see, they said uh, policy credibility. Fine. Okay. Fine. But in the eyes of who? Okay. It's not in the eyes of a Ghanaian, Ghanaians. Mm -hmm. It's in the eyes of your correspondent banks. The Fed, Fed, Federal Reserve of U.S., the Bank of England, the, the Eurozone, where you keep your money, they will look at you whether you wet the salt. But if you say policy sovereign, you're not dealing with only Ghanaians. You're dealing with international businesses. Okay. So you must okay. make sure. All right, and doc. again, okay, again, let me, let me finish. Again, mm -hmm. this physical is going to add physical pressure to already the, 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 the public finance. Because okay. if the government decides to finance it or recapitalize it, it's going to add to the debt, which will not help us to achieve the 60% debt GDP, GDP ratio set in the IMF policy decade. Mm, tough times ahead of us. Grateful to you, Doc, for joining us here. Now, still staying with finance. A minority motion to compel Finance Minister Ken Ofoyata to present government's debt restructuring to Parliament for consideration has been passed by the House. Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagming, has consequently ordered Ken Ofoyata to present details to Parliament through its Finance Committee. Our Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent, Kweku Asante, joins us with details. Now, Kweku, the minority leader moved the motion. What was his argument? Well, according to Dr. Kisela Tufosin, if you look at the, 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 the concept of this debt restructuring agreement mm. that has been put together by the House, it appears that the Finance Minister had acted unilaterally in terms of his failure or refusal to come to Parliament to brief MPs to seek the approval. According to him, if Parliament gives the minister the power to contract a loan, for instance, the minister cannot by himself re unilaterally review the, the, the terms of that agreement. He needs to come to Parliament. Let's listen to Dr. Kizalatu Forsen on the floor. Move the motion for that committee to be, to, be, to, be, to be set, for that inquiry to be taking place, and the argument he advanced. The minister responsible for finance must first seek approval from us before he goes and restructure debt. He, ha he doesn't have to go out there and restructure the debt before he informs us. For example, if the country is insolvent or for any reason the country cannot repay its debt, it is only right for the minister responsible for finance to present a policy document to us and to inform us that Ghana will have to go through a debt restructuring program and to give us the contours of the debt restructuring program. So, Speaker, the minister decided to organize a press conference at the Ministry of Information and inform the nation without coming to Parliament. So, Speaker, this is a major government policy. If the minister, for any reason, has decided to write off the debt that government of Ghana owes to the, uh, the Central Bank of Ghana, the Bank of Ghana, it is only right for the minister responsible for finance to bring a document before us and to inform us that they are going to write off a certain debt that the government of Ghana owes to the central bank. 
the minister cannot unilaterally write up debt that is owned to the central bank. Speaker, it is for that reason that I request of the Minister of Finance to present to us the contours, the details of government debt restructuring programs. Gwagu, how did the majority leadership respond to this? Well, so they said that they were not opposed in principle to this idea of inquiring into this debt exchange program. However, they believe mm. that Parliament already have processes, for instance, the Finance Committee, to look into this matter. Let's listen to Frank Anadompre. He is the majority chief whip. Mm. There's a fair demand from the sponsors of this private member motion to acts of the exchequer of our country to come and apprise the House of the trust of these important uh, national policy, especially in the times we find ourselves uh, as a country and also in global context. So uh, from the outset, I have no problem with that. Safe to say that, Speaker, if you look into our orders and house, as my respected leader was moving the motion, I tend to look at order 155. And, Speaker, we have a committee of parliament, finance committee, with clear powers and mandate. Order 155, Speaker, it says, for the purposes, Speaker, with your permit, purposes of effectively performing its functions, each committee shall have all such powers, rights, and privileges as vested in the High Court of Justice or a justice of the High Court at trial in respect, and it goes on, on and on. So essentially, our committees are clothed with legal powers. And for me, this matter shouldn't have taken a, a member or a member to move a private member motion. So the begging question is, and I see my good friend, Leonardo uh, Adongo, who is very eloquent on these matters. Why, what is the Finance Committee doing? You have the powers. I, 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 I was expecting that these matters could have been discussed at the Finance Committee, and an appropriate committee, uh, report is brought to plenary for discussion and adoption or otherwise. So, Kweku, after both sides had put up the argument, how did the House decide on it? Well, yes, so what the House did was to vote on this because there was no consensus on both sides. The Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagman, had to put it to a vote. Eventually, the minority had enough numbers in the House. They won. The Speaker consequently directed that the Finance Minister must present this policy for consideration to the Finance Committee of the House. Mm. The Finance Committee will consider it, present a report to the House for approval or rejection. Those in favor of the adoption of the motion number 29 at page 23 of the order paper say aye those against say no the eyes have it the motion is accordingly adopted honorable members what we've just done is to call upon the minister to present the government debt restructuring program for consideration by the House. I will proceed to direct that this presentation be made by the Minister before the, the committee 
on finance. And then the Committee on Finance will then report a comprehensive representation to the House for consideration. Chairman, ranking member of the Committee for Finance should take up this matter, get the minister to appear before the committee to present the government's debt restructuring program. The committee, together with the ministry, will deliberate over it, and then the committee will now submit what they have in the form of a report to the House for consideration and other adoption or rejection by the House. Direct. Before we go, um, for nothing at all, we know that the speaker is someone who has changed the way the speaker's dress. How has the House been receiving his style of dressing? In fact, just about 10 minutes ago, the Speaker of Parliament walked in dressed uh, like the Emir of Kano in Nigeria without uh, head too. The oh. MPs are quite excited about that. In <laughs> fact, when he entered, all of them were on their feet, excited that the Speaker of Parliament is bringing this um, African formal way of dressing into Parliament. According to some of them, this is something that it must be encouraged. That ceremonial gap has been ditched except for formal occasions. But mm. MPs are really excited about this new dressing of the Speaker, dressed like the Emir of Kano, just walked in Parliament about 20 minutes ago to deliver his closing address before Parliament takes its break and return in October. Well, you're still watching Joy News Prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more stories to stay with us. My name is Tina. I am a person living with HIV. I got to know my HIV status after I gave birth and lost the child because of HIV. In those days, prevention of mother-to-child transmission services had low patronage due to fear and stigmatization. Today, many HIV-positive women have delivered negative children. I follow the guidelines and take my HIV medicine called ARVs every day as prescribed by my doctor. This makes me strong and healthy and also prevents me from passing HIV onto any future child. Please avail yourself of PMTCT services when pregnant. It is the only way to ensure you do not pass the HIV onto your baby during birth or pregnancy. If you have tested for HIV recently and it was negative, test again when pregnant. If you have tested positive, go to the hospital after birth as directed by your healthcare provider. Your baby will be given medicine immediately and tested to ensure baby and mother are well. Let us work together to have an HIV-free generation. Our children must be free to shine.
like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, view the door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. It's challenge, what number? The malaria will knock you down, eh? It's challenge, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthemeter and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. Many people think I get whatever I want because I'm a popular actress. But no, that is not true. Mia Kasano, and when I find it, I stick to it. Mashishumanya Bell Pack Tissues. Bell Pack Ewa T-Roll. Bell Pack T-Roll. Soft, but not weak. Strong, but not hard. It is smooth. Minusua, mehotome. It's just perfect. Same as the kitchen towel. Utibakwa. Utimidipipaye. Utimisoki. Echimu esapipa. One bell pack kitchen towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to bell pack today. Say a pocket tissue, table napkin, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell pack is simply the best. It's just perfect. Daddy, daddy. 
<sighs> this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working tortoise on it. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I can see S, I, mm -hmm. N, T, mm -hmm. E, S. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you Welcome back from the break. Now, for the past two months, the residents of Princess Town and Hunter West Municipality have been cut off from the other parts of the municipality as their main bridge linking the main Agonankwantai-Lubo Road and the district's capital has collapsed. Despite their pleas, there has been no government intervention to rectify the issue. I've been to, I have been to the site and this is what my camera captured. The impact of the collapsed bridge on the community has been immense. Farmers are seen struggling to transport their produce, carrying them across the bridge to be loaded onto waiting vehicles on the other side. Traders traveling to the capital, Agunankwanta, also face significant challenges having to carry their wares across the damaged bridge before continuing their journey. Auntie Isi is frustrated at government's seeming neglect. This sentiment is shared by many in the community, including a driver who reveals he has been stranded in the area since the bridge caved in, making less than 100 cities in sales per day. Community leader at Abasi, one of the affected communities says they almost lost a pregnant woman as a result of the situation. I had a complaint from my community that a pregnancy woman was about to And because of the situation of the bridge, um, the problem was so huge that she nearly died. She nearly died. Because uh, by the time the car came here and then uh, they crossed the bridge, there were no car here to take her to the hospital. Okay. So in fact, they waited and then called for a car. By the time the car came, the situation was getting worse. The chief of Tumentu, an affected community, Nana Ezia Ntua III, is angry at the unresponsiveness of government to this urgent matter. I mean, I call the Kabiyan and the Labrija comparison. Rapid response. Because he may, 
He warns his people will withhold their vote in the upcoming 2024 elections if the bridge is not repaired promptly. From now, there's no vote. We are not going to vote for them. Not our own print. Okay. All right. Yeah, we show them the red card. Okay. Because okay. The people here are calling on the government to intervene immediately and restore economic life to the area. Now to other stories, and the General Secretary of the National Democratic Congress, NDC, Fifi Fiavi Kwete, has strongly objected to the New Patriotic Party's claim of turning the corner, citing it as a sign of their lack of remorse over their governance failures. He strongly criticized the 2023 media budget's assertion that the ailing economy has been stabilized, describing it as an attempt by the MPP trying to look good in the midst of the storm. He expressed this during an interview with Evans Mingsa while leading a party's delegation's catsy call on the leadership of the multimedia group limited in Accra on Thursday. I feel, I feel that uh, our friends in government need to basically learn a little from uh, what has happened in the very uh, last two, two, two years. Uh, the kind of collapse we have seen in terms of the economy is one that requires an, a certain amount of humility. Uh, to rush quickly and want to start beating chairs and wanting plaudit, I think is indicating that somehow they have not learned as quickly as they have. By no means can you call this turning the corner. In the first place, further, you can even call turning the corner a situation where inflation uh, has gone up to over 50%. And the fact that you are trying to now bring inflation down to some 30 or a little below 30, you call it 10 in the corner. It's of indicating as if the nation has become so low and our, our expectations have become so mediocre that we can even dare want to even celebrate that in other nature. That's not where we are supposed to be. So to simply rush into jumping, I mean, jumping the gun and talking about 10 in the corner, it's a little bit again being too, shall I call it, too much desperate to want to spin and look 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 good. There's still a lot of hard work that's ahead of us. So many companies that continue to go down. So many situations that continue to suffer. The I believe the West is behind us. You don't agree that the West is not behind us with the IMF on board. That's what he's looking for and saying, well, things are beginning to improve. Inflation is beginning to drop. You have interest rates dropping as well. For him, that's uh, West behind us. Positives all ahead. Uh, that would be a little, a little too easy to say. I feel, I feel the bigger problem is not what we see in the economy, but actually the value systems and the principles that actually led us to where we are. And I don't see there is a change in those value systems. What do I feel are those value systems? One, a group that simply believes that 
all you need to do when you're in power is to try to spin, to try to use slogans, to live beyond your means, to borrow, I mean, with recklessness, and also to show irresponsibility in not accepting responsibility. And I don't think they've learned that lesson. Meanwhile, explaining the rationale behind their visit to the multimedia group Limited, Fifi Quete revealed that the ADC party is taking decisive steps to finalize parliamentary primaries in the remaining 15 constituencies by the end of September this year. Uh, we decided as a party to uh, start uh, a series of uh, media visitation. Uh, we actually should have done this right from the very beginning uh, when I became general secretary. But of course, you know, we came in straight with quite a number of activities, administrative things that have really held us up uh, all the way to the election of flag bearer. Uh, soon after that, then we move into the by-elections and also I would say we feel this is a nice moment to, to really do what we should have done right from the beginning. Basically, uh, to just establish a, a relationship, uh, build bridges, uh, define areas where we can uh, work in partnership for the sake of Ghana, not necessarily for the sake of NDC at all, but for the sake of Ghana. We believe we all have the same vision for the country, to see a country that becomes great and strong. And we believe the media plays a key role in making sure that happens. And there are areas where we can improve each other, uh, to become more tolerant, uh, to be able to hone, hone down on issues that we think are very important for the country, generally to create an atmosphere where the media will be allowed to do its job well, and we also in, uh, in the political space. I also was going on, I think, 15 other constituencies are still outstanding in your uh, parliamentary primary. So what's the update on that? I would say that uh, we, uh, uh, they are the next ones we are looking at. We actually have actually um, agreed already to do it in two separate uh, uh, phases. We'll be doing what we call the northern, I mean the central zone. In that central zone, we'll have to, we'll have eastern region, Ashanti region, and Hafo region. Those three, and we're looking at making sure we close those ones by the end of August this month, and then we'll be left with what I call the the, the coastal, or let's call it the southern zone. That'll be Greater Accra, Central Region, Western Region, and I think Western North. So now the campaign team of Alan Chermanting is alleging the camp of Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia is using government institutions to induce and threaten delegates. According to them, despite the claims by President Kufuadu that he is not supporting any aspirant, the observations point to the contrary about his establishment. Bobbing someone who speaks for the Alan Chermanting team site or T region, where some district assemblies are reportedly using the district common fund to purchase and distribute weedy sites to induce the delegate to support the vice president. He spoke to Samuel Mbura of our political desk. The establishment is not working in that way. The establishment, which includes the president and, and others, are demonstrating otherwise. I mean, the finance minister uh, uh, chats and says that he is going to spend all the money he can to make sure that somebody wins. Who is that somebody? That somebody is the establishment candidate. That's Who is the establishment is candidate? That somebody is uh, uh, the vice president. I mean, we are all aware that he is the establishment candidate because the establishment is behind him. And the president says he is not behind him. So it's a signal that I think that the party must pick up. If the president says that he is not behind anybody, then the party delegates must stand up. Party delegates must resist any attempt from. How, how do you want people. them to do this? How do you want the party by, by, or the delegates to do this? By rejecting some of the inducements and the threats. What for are example, the, what, what are the, the Common Fund? I see. We're in OT. 
and this is Assembly's Common Fund was sharing uh, with the sites uh, and fertilizers at this time to people. Why, why would they be doing Were they sharing to delegates? They're sharing to delegates. Those who be taking part in the we Super Delegates Congress? Sharing to delegates. And you have evidence? We, we were there when it happened. We had just, we arrived when after, immediately after the sharing. So you had delegates with boxes, uh, some of them carrying it home, some of it uh, uh, with them right in the room where we were having the meeting. But spokesperson for the campaign team of the Vice President, Sami Ewuku, while stating that claims of government establishment supporting Dr. Baumia are baseless, dismissed allegations of their camp using District Assembly Common Funds to induce delegates. I have stated that the Honorable John Peter Amewu is a minister of the government and in this government and is supporting the Honorable Alan Chairman. The Honorable Abna Oseasa is a deputy minister for finance at the Ministry of Finance supporting the Honorable Alan Chairman. You've had members of parliament openly supporting the Honorable Alan Chairman. So when you say that uh, um, 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 others supporting Dr. Baumia is wrong, then that means you're only picking and choosing. But I will repeat, if the principle is wrong, then tell me that nobody should support anybody. Let's all become um, quiet men and women in the party and, the, and only watch the process. We are part of the decision. Well, he's, I vote. I'm a voter. I'm a delegate. The super delegate because I'm a member of the National Council representing the Eastern Region. And I'm also a former national organizer. So with these two voting rights, I can only vote once. In one category. Either I choose to vote as a former national organizer or I vote as a member representing the Eastern Region on the National Council. Well, well, his specific accusation is that, or allegation is that, they were in the OT region and the District Assembly was using the um, District Common Fund to purchase spray fertilizer for delegates. And then he made an allegation that it is in support of your candidature ah, and they feel it is an abuse of Yes. I think people should get serious about these things. Because I don't think I have it. Else we'll be chasing things in seconds. If you have, uh, if you can prove an allegation of wrongdoing, that's a very serious matter. Now, to other stories. In response to the recent uproar over the launch of the new National Affordable Housing Program at Pukwase and Kumase by the minority, the Minister for Works and Housing, Asenso Boache, firmly asserts that parliamentary approval is not required for most of the agreements under the initiative. The minority had raised concerns about the project proceeding without consent from Parliament, questioning government's actions. But Works and Housing Minister clarified that while one of the contractors is a foreign company, majority of the contractors are local, thus not necessitating Parliament's approval for their involvement in the ambitious housing programme. We'll hear from him shortly. First, here is former Deputy Works and Housing Minister Samson Ahi, who says it is illegal for government to go ahead with the launch. Other uh, paper, page 8. Under laying of papers, this particular project is supposed to be laid in Parliament today. This has not been done, which means the EPC agreement has not been approved in Parliament. So if you have presented such a document to Parliament for approval, it has not even been laid. Yet we are there cutting salt to commence work. What does that mean? Is it a slap on Parliament? Is it a disrespect to government structures or what? Is it, are you not surprised that 
We are supposed to take this EPC agreement through. That has not been done, but we are rushing to cancel. We were supposed to do it yesterday, but we raised these important questions. And we are waiting for response from them, from the ministry, but they have gone ahead. In spite of the fact that these questions have been requested, they have gone ahead today and cancelled. And we, because we want to support any cause that provides homes for Ghanaians, we will support it. We're going to listen to the justification by the sector minister, Francis Asensu Boache. If everything goes well, uh, we should be able to complete, uh, I mean, as many units as possible so that people can come. We don't want, we have uh, structured in such a way that uh, we, we don't want to wait till every, all the 8,000 units to complete, to finish before um, people can start living in there. Right. Yeah, we, are, we have staggered it incrementally so that at the point people can live in there. Um, I, I don't think it's the Western Housing Committee. It's the minority side of the committee. That exactly. We're the, 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 the talking about conference. A, a, a parliamentary approval. Yes. There's only one parliamentary approval that is before parliament. Mm. And it's because one of the developers is a foreign company. The Moroccan. Moroccan company. And therefore, because it's a Moroccan company and taking part in this, uh, you have to see parliamentary approval. But the, the address are, are not... Um, foreign companies, so okay. no need for uh, parliamentary approval for them. And the project itself does not need parliamentary approval. It's not a loan. Mm. The government of Ghana money, we don't need parliamentary approval to, 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 to start the project. Now, the Esrojaman district in the eastern region is grappling with health challenges concerning its Abolo sellers. Rebecca Dede Bante, the district health director, has highlighted the serious risks faced by these vendors while performing their job. Join us as Elvis Washington has been to the area and has filed this report. The Esrojaman district director of health in the eastern region, Rebecca Dede Bante, has raised concerns about the health risk faced by street hawkers in the district due to their job. She warns of a surge in respiratory tract infections and malaria cases. She said the nature of their work exposes them to a high number of respiratory tract infections and malaria cases. Um, in the Sojaman districts, just as uh, any community in Ghana, malaria is the number one. And then other diseases like uh, respiratory tract infection and so on and so forth. For the people, sometimes I look at them and I cry to God to have mercy because they come into contact with so many people day in and day out. Um, looking at them, we don't have the data for me to back my argument with. But, I mean, they are exposed to respiratory tract infection. Why am I saying this? You know, as cars move by, they pass by, they blow dust. So while they are by the roadside, they inhale some of these dust. And definitely it comes with uh, microorganisms. So they come down with um, respiratory tract infections. Despite concerted efforts, the district health directorate is facing hurdles in addressing the issue due to logistical and medical challenges. With regards to personnel, it used to be bad, but now it's getting better, but we still need more. 
because looking that we have, you know, as a district, it has been zoned into six sub-districts. So as we speak here, we have 45 chip zones, but 34 chips compounds. So we still need more chips compounds. I mean, with regards to health facility, to be able to carry health um, uh, service delivery to the doorstep of um, the good people of Estudiaman. So we still need more. But um, in terms of um, logistics, sometimes it's challenging. Health promotion is important. There is the need for everybody. You see, Ghana Health Service is the implementing agency all right. But stakeholder intervention is also very important. NGOs come to our aid. They come and assist us collaboratively so that together we preach the gospel to our people. So what Nabrock and Nilda is doing today, to me, is the best. And other NGOs should learn from it. For not lying to me. Your Kalipo is in the fridge. Kalipo, the natural fruit juice drink. Oh, you know that this advert is FDA approved. For the ultimate in entertainment, switch on now. Yes! Because DSTV is gonna make you with something for everyone. Switch on a world of action and comedy, reality, drama. We play now with the DSTV app and catch up. Got you, girl. Get the My DSTV app to get or stay connected. Switch on a world of wow, wow. <laughs> and switch on now with DSTV. A capenu, aya, a nutrient me too for say a bibber o padia, padia, unsound cotonu impedu, name canfu, SCP, ama, SCP, ewa, tema shahel, a whole factory casino, SC, and yen ape, pavement blocks, boss and casancasa, and a DDC den biarano. Oko Shahira, SCP, Ebe Mobi. Some person who should die, now put on good concrete. And now for the Koto Cement, Yako Pabu, Yako Pamia. Offre SCP, Card concrete, I'm messing the down with quality. Cement warm, on the good camera amount. So what am I? A fiena, Dodowa, a flower, bong, and in Patamuni Nara, your office. I was Princess Road. You need papaya restaurant. You need to do SCP was 0501-672-608. And now toll-free number 0800-626-262. 
There are days when you think, whoa, today I've earned it. So order a global. Days when plans run longer. What if we order a global? Or days when you can't control everything. Oh yes, because on Global, you can order anything you want. Global, you order, we deliver. When you're a little, days are extremely busy. Work. Traffic jams. Meetings. Conference calls. Luckily, our mom is here to take good care of us with day-by-day -day baby and day-by-day -day kids and their naturally active ingredients. Our skin is hydrated, soothed, and protected all day long. Yes. Vet Investment Limited. So welcome back. Time for us to bring you showbiz. And Becky Bex is in the house to give you all the best. Well, I'm not sure she's going to be here tomorrow. So let's you take all the best that we can from here today. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Let's mm. talk about the movie industry because mm. Kuma Odapta, Kujong Kansan Lewin, has made a plea to government to create a sole ministry for the movie industry in Ghana. According to him, if any president of the republic is truly passionate about the creative arts industry, the charge to revive the Ghanaian film industry would be prioritized uh, by creating a sector ministry solely for creative arts. The movie industry creates jobs and gives opportunities for many young Ghanaians uh, to make money and provide support for their families. Kujong Kansanduin uh, was addressing the media at the launch of his movie, Mr. President. We want government to separate the creative art industry from the rest. The ministry should give special attention to movie production. For instance, the current deputy minister is well versed in music, but not movies. We need someone with much understanding of the sector. Now, the actors are those investing in the sector to capitalize. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Uh, saw it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's my favorite. Really. Yeah. yeah, he's good. He's my favorite. He's good. Yeah. He's yet I, I, to come on E vibe, so maybe you should oh, really? call him. Yeah, I'll call him. I'll tell him that yeah. you now you're there. Mm -hmm. e vibes, so, because that's a platform of Basso Bia You know, but let's move. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Ghanaian uh, music industry. Stone Boy was on Sway. Uh, it's a radio station, and he's been talking about mm. uh, Ghana's representation um, on the global, global stage. stage. Mm. So there's been this conversation about how we're not there. What is wrong with mm. us? Why that, are we Nigerians not selling? Are a, why are we not selling that, arenas? Yeah. Why are we not selling the stadiums mm. outside? Uh, here is what Stoneboy has to say. It's not because of our disunity that we are not um, really, you know. 
um, um, selling out mm-hmm. avenues and arenas here in the West. I, I think the reasons go beyond that. You know, of course, all the Nigerian artists are my brothers that you see. They are not living together. Yeah. yeah. They probably don't speak to each other on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Of course. We have the, you can see the fan bases on the internet coming at each other. I can tell you that for sure. Okay. So to talk about the, the little fights, the little frictions, it exists. It might never end. It could probably duck and then come back out. But I don't think that for us Ghanaians, that is what is responsible for, for okay. our, 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 our international exploitations. Now mm-hmm. we have to look at the factors. I'm here on Sway. Yeah. The first Ghanaian artist to be here. Come I'm on, man. Come on. Let's go. You see what I'm saying? You know? And I've been on Breakfast Club, the first, if I'm not kidding. I've been the first Absolutely. to do a lot of things. Yeah. Why should that be? Because I believe it's my focus, it's my drive, it's my tenacity. And then it's God in the beginning of it all. It's, it's, it's divine, it's your mission, it's your purpose. Mm-hmm. Of course, because Bernard, first African today in 2023 to be selling out stadiums in the West. Yeah. So I keep saying, has people not done this before? Yes, they have. But probably they didn't do it on this level. So it takes time for us to be growing and going. So I really know about the, um, you know, the differences between what the Nigerians are doing and what Ghana is supposed to do okay. and what Kenya is supposed to do and what Uganda is supposed to do and yes. what Zimbabwe is supposed to do, do and what <laughs> Mali is supposed to do. So you know what I'm saying? So the thing becomes like one brother is inspiring all of us uh-huh. to be able to work. Do it. It's possible. When Nigeria does it, then we know it's doable. Absolutely. But another factor is that you see, I don't want to cause no chaos, but when you come to the whole of Africa, right, Nigeria pushes the most. And you can find Nigerians being very popular around the African continent in different countries, mm-hmm. but you might not find other African artists as popular as Nigerians are in Nigeria. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Know your artists. If you're Ghanaian, make sure your Ghanaian artist is the ultimate priority because of course from the blueprint a nigerian's top priority is a nigerian artist yeah so that is the way we can all emulate to be able to keep doing some of the things that you know they've been doing Stoneboy, right Solid. there uh but brace we have mm-hmm. throwback thursday today for those okay. of you uh, who love uh, Chinese. <laughs> and Journey to the West is a Chinese novel published in the 16th century during the Ming Dynasty and attributed to Wong Shengeng. It is regarded as one of the greatest classics Chinese novels and has been described as arguably the most popular literary work in the East Asia and in Ghana, mm-hmm. I should say. Yeah, yeah. Ah. 
Sunday school for it, you know. Yeah, all the time. You, you did? Too? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, well, very, that's a very old <laughs> movie. But on the Tashon No Chi Hoi, he comes, we all have a shot. We call it a rub. There's more on myjoyonline.com. Please do enjoy your say holiday. In, say it in Chinese. In Chinese. Myjoyonline.com. Prime business is up next. <laughs> Let me share my wildlife experience with you at Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitat undisturbed by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, brown crane, mara, silky chicken, yalas, Shetland ponies, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this prize for adults, this prize for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. Adam, I'm looking for Abena. Abena, there's someone looking for you. Adam, please, where's Abena? Abena, yes, is this who you are looking for? Uh. Adam, please get me Abena. Please. Della. electronic appliances, home security, or home furnishing. The Ecobank Join News Habitat Fair is your one-stop shop for everything housing. To register as an exhibitor, please call 0244 260 
0614-242-653. There will be daily giveaways by the sponsors to visitors at the fair. The EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Plant City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats. Rent to Own and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Construction Limited, where quality Segments is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Good evening, welcome to Prime Business with me, Pius Kojobaka, to our very first story. The Ghana Ports and Harbors Authority says it was compelled to implement the revised tariff due to the current global economic challenges. These include the inflation and currency depreciation, which the GPHA says they have increased its operational cost. In a statement issued, um, we've got to read highlights of the statement for you. It says, before the implementation of the tariff, there were a series of engagements with the relevant institutions and major stakeholders, including the Ghana Shippers Authority, Shipowners and Agents Association of Ghana, Freight Forwarding Associations, Ghana Union of Traders Association, Importers and Exporters Association of Ghana, as well as representations from the transit trading community to gather insights and feedback before implementing the tariff increment. It goes on to say that despite their concerns, the authority was compelled to implement the revised tariff due to the current global economic challenges, including inflation and currency depreciation, which have increased their operational cost. And we've got to um, go live on the telephone lines and speak to Esther Jebidonko, who is the general manager of marketing and corporate affairs at the Ghana Ports and Harbors Authority? And thankfully, she joins us on Zoom. Pleasure you could join us, Madam um, Esther Jibidonko. Looking at the current economic conditions, do you think that it was right to increase these charges at the ports? Thank you very much, and good evening to your viewers. Yes, in fact, uh, it is the main reason why we have to increase. Uh, the tariff. Um, as you are very much aware of, we provide service at the port. And all our inputs that goes into providing the final service have their prices 
uh, increase within the space of the last time we increased our tariff and now. And so um, once these prices of the inputs or resources that we use in providing the services are going up, we naturally have to also uh, adjust our tariff for, for us to uh, stay afloat or less break even and not to make losses uh, as we run the post. And that is the reason why we have to increase our tariff. Uh, I see. You cited the CD's depreciation as a major reason uh, for the action. But local currency for some time now has stabilized um, more than a month now. How do you explain that? Okay. Um, the, 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 the nature of our tariff fixing is, is not dependent on uh, events taking place in just a month. If, if we rely on um, what it is for just a month, it, it will be problematic. Mm. Uh, I'm saying this because um, we, the last time we increased our tariff was last year around July. And between that space of time to today, August, uh, you, you bear with me that the increase in inflation have um, risen from about 8 point something to 11.46 or 11.6. Mm. You know, so uh, all that time we had not increased the tariff. And you can imagine what was happening to us. So our tariff is not like the... Uh, areas where you can uh, base your increment or review on daily activities or daily happenings or monthly occurrence. So we looked at it and then uh, once we are running at the loss at this point where the prices have been increased and we have not been able to increase it, we um, have to do so and not to base our increment on just what is happening in the month. We pray mm. that it doesn't go up again. It's uh, stabilized, but you, you realize that uh, it's still not uh, static. It mm. is the rate of increase that is... Uh, Madam Jibidonko, now, your, your, your authority talks about broad engagement, but it appears most of the stakeholders are not in support of these charges. Why so? Of course... It is, it is natural. It is natural that um, when we all are not happy to pay more, uh, and, and so, yes, um, things are hard for everybody, mm. and, and so it is natural that uh, they, they were not very receptive to uh, paying more for the services we are offering. But unfortunately, like I indicated earlier, we have to also uh, pay for the inputs and the resources that we use in providing the services. And so once it is not coming from us per se, we naturally have to. We engage everybody. And uh, like I, we indicated in our statement, we have to in reduce the percentages that we proposed earlier after we have had the engagement with them. We started off at uh, 5% for the dollar uh, tariffs and then um, 95% for uh, the local ones. But after the engagement and all the contributions they made and the concerns they raised, we have to uh, actually bring down um, some of the dollar items to 4%, mm. specifically for empty containers. And then we also reduce the local 
went from 95% to 65%. So it is not like we did not listen to them at all. But they were of the view that, oh, we increased our tariff last year. And so they think that things are hard and we shouldn't increase. But we are also uh, a business concern like any other uh, business um, that is running in the country. And we are all uh, aware of the daily, weekly, monthly increases in uh, prices as, as we go along. So unfortunately, um, we have to do something. And mm. so uh, we couldn't wait for all of them to say yes before. Okay, but so we have reduced drastically. Mm. So will you perhaps hate to see... All right, so will you perhaps heed to the concerns of these players and, of course, freeze the charges for further consultation? Will you consider that? Madam Esther call. I am asking if you would consider, um, you know, freeze the charges for further consultation. Rather unfortunate, um, she, uh, her line has frozen, and as and when we get back to her, we shall come to her to conclude that uh, point for us. But we've got to move on to some other stories. And Talo Oil has reviewed the price of gas sold to Ghana government from the Jubilee and Chinimwa Nurantumi field. This was captured in an update release to shareholders of the oil exploration firm today. But what could be the impact on the cost of generated power in the country? George Yafe has more. The review was captured under the interim gas sales agreement that Talu Oil secured from government in 2017. Now, based on this adjustment, it will now be selling a unit of metric million British terminal gas at $2.90. Talu was, however, quick to add that this price was far lower than what other players are selling to the government of Ghana when it comes to natural gas. Talu says this underscores his commitment to the economic development of the country. The amended sales agreement will cover products sold to government till September this year. Talu also announced that it is currently negotiating with government on a new gas pricing deal once the current agreement expires at the end of the third quarter of this year. Talu Oil also announced that it is currently negotiating with the government of Ghana on a new gas pricing deal once the current agreement expires at the end of the third quarter of this year. It is not clear for now how this review in prices would impact on the cost of power generation in the country. Volta River Authority and Ghana National Gas Company depends on gas from Talu Oil fields and other sources to generate power for consumption in the country. Meanwhile, Executive Director of the Africa Center for Energy Policy, Ben Boache, is worried the increase may increase or bring an additional financial burden to the power sector. The uh, price was always going to change. Um, as you recall, we have had three volumes of gas from Talo uh, since the beginning of oil production. Um, so December 2022, we exhausted the free gas that was um, uh, coming from the Jubilee field, and therefore they needed to price the gas. Um, the Jubilee, uh, Greater Jubilee project had agreed in the plan of development a, a price of um, $2.35 per MMBTU, escalated by the U.S. Uh, consumer price index. 
So that is what has actually brought the price to uh, 2.9. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still thinking that that price could have been lower, uh, given our circumstances and also the fact that this whole project was, you know, uh, uh, based on the oil rather than the, uh, the gas. But that is what government has agreed uh, to pay. That means that uh, we have to recover uh, the full cost of the gas uh, mm -hmm. from its utilization. That is, if we sell to the market, the market has to be able to pay for it. And in Ghana, significantly, the gas goes to um, the power producers and then this generated, they used to generate power and ECG has to pay. We're going to have to pay TALO at around $9 million uh, a month. And that translates to about $100 million uh, a year, you know, of additional, uh, uh, you know, fiscal burden on the power sector. Now, the National Petroleum Authority has debunked claims of a change in liquefied petroleum gas price buildup as part of its cylinder recirculation model. According to the authority, it is rather working to engage more stakeholders to understand the program before it starts next month. Deputy Chief Executive Officer Perry Okujeto said the distribution network is the only channel expected to be altered and not prices of the commodity. There is more in the following reports. The National Petroleum Authority said it is engaging service providers and key stakeholders within the industry to bring clarity to the implementation of the policy and ensure a safe rollout of the program before September 2023. Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the NPA, Perry Okujeto, said the authority will gradually phase out the old system through a transition period. Because the cylinders have been an investment by a bottling plant, we need to know at every point in time who has it. So it's a simple registration process. You go to an exchange point, you identify yourself, they take your details, and you must have a valid, when you go to a bank to cash a check, you present a Ghana card. If you go to an exchange point, you present a Ghana card. The Ghana card has all your details, has your location, where you live, and all of that on it so that we can have, or the exchange point can have data and there can be traceability in case the cylinder goes and for one year it doesn't come back. So that is for the registration. He further said there are plans for the Atuabu plant to establish a bottling plant from the Atuabu zone to support the initiative. We're doing this to try and resolve the environmental issues and the health issues that, that confront us as a, as a nation. So we are going to pay particular attention to those regions in order to make sure that we ensure a certain level of penetration. So we start in September and uh, the production and uh, circulation of cylinders begin. And then we begin gradually as the bottling plants push a lot of cylinders into the system until we have met the needs of the entire country over a certain period. The requirement is for an individual to have a Ghana card and money to acquire one or more of the filled cylinders from an exchange point. James Eshens reports for Joy Business. Away from the past sector, about 270 companies have signed an agreement with the Ghana Enterprises Agency to receive 35 million cities funding to support the expansion of their businesses. The fund is part of the first phase of the micro, small and medium enterprises grant from the World Bank under the Economic Transformation Project 
at a signing ceremony um, here in Accra, Chief Executive of the Ghana Enterprises Agency, Kosi Yankiaye, urged the beneficiary firms to make good use of the funds and account for it accordingly. Here is more. With a target to assist 2,000 high-growth SMEs across the country, the program aims to boost productivity and enable these businesses to scale up their operations and create sustainable jobs. Chief Executive of the Ghana Enterprises Agency, Kosi Yanki Aye, emphasized that the funds are to help Ghanaian SMEs to be competitive. So our intervention and support to you is to use that to build your businesses. And as your businesses grow, if there's a need for more interventions in the future, we will provide it. Some of you have been selected in this initial phase after the four-month intensive training to be able to provide you with the needed support just to see how best you can utilize it. The program is to boost the productivity and competitiveness of small, medium businesses because we need to do that in this country. It's not about business as usual. And if we don't see your businesses grow, then as an institution and as a government, we'll then have to see if we should continue to support you or not support you. Minister of Trade and Industry, Katie Hammond, described the fund as a life changer that must be used for its intended purpose. But you should be responsible for whatever you've been given. Put it to good use account for it, it's a grant. It's a grant. Meet you and I go see there is this arrangement and say, you see, I'm a grant, I'll be number one. My children was no home, my children will be It's a grant. But use it properly. Your own benefit. The Ghana Economic Transformation Project's past interventions have showcased remarkable success with over 65 billion cities disbursed to nearly 800 SMEs between September 2021 and January 2023. Now, MTN Ghana says it intends to expand its revenue base through improving the data value chain to satisfy the needs of customers. The company said the move is a medium-term solution to the growing concerns of its customers. According to the chief executive officer, Selom Adadivo, his outfit is expected to exceed the $1 billion infrastructure investment target it set out in 2021 by 2026. He was speaking at the release of MTN's half-year results. This is from existing customers who have, whose needs are changing over time and they seek to do more with their internet service and with their data connectivity. But also, we can move up the value chain. Today, we're largely generating value in our data business from connectivity. But there are other elements that can give us, we can think of it as value-added services, or at the very least, moving up the value chain. What do people do with their data when they buy a bundle? They go online and they, they consume content. Content could be entertainment, music, video, it could be anything else. It could be use it to study, you know, research, doing a bunch of different things. So there are opportunities for us to move into some of those areas that will give us incremental value over the connectivity layer where a lot of our revenue today resides. And that's what we're seeking to do in terms of building our data program over the medium term. In a quest to enlarge its revenue base, the National Lottery Authority has launched a new draw machine to aid in its gaming activities. 
Director General of the National Lottery Authority, Samuel Awuku, revealed that random number generators have been procured to aid corporate promotions. There is more in this report. After 27 years, the National Lottery Authority is doing away with old and obsolete machines used for its various gaming platforms. The authority ushered in new technologically advanced machines for efficient and reliable draws. Director General of the National Lottery Authority, Samuel Awuku, says the new equipment are in line with the modern dictates in the industry. It has become mandatory that after 27 dedicated years of service, we phase them out. This is by virtue of the inability of the godmother machines, as we used to call them, to function as they should. Additionally, the Honorable Minister, the machines have become obsolete and their manufacturers are no longer producing the spare parts needed to sometimes fix them when they break down. This has become increasingly challenging to the operations of the National Lottery Authority. Minister of Defense Dominic Nitewo has issued a warning to illegal private lottery operators. He indicated that in order for the state to profit from cash generated by lotto operations in Ghana, the sector's illegalities must be addressed. We cannot allow private people to hijack what is duly yours. Let's follow up and ensure that People do not commit illegalities in the local industry. It's not acceptable. Just Africans here, they take more than 10 times what you do here. Nigeria is more than 100 times what you do here. Loto should be a cash cow. And we must flash out the illegal people to ensure that it is a cash cow to the nation. So how is the NLA dealing with illegal lottery operators? Here is the Director General of the National Lottery Authority, Samuel Awuku. We're also going to go tough on the illegal lottery operators. You heard the Defense Minister, the NLA together with the military, the Ghana Revenue Authority, and the State Enforcement Agency. Agencies. We are going to go after all these illegal operators who are welding almost 600 million cities every year illegally by operating Lotto and do not uh, uh, contribute in any way or form or shape by paying their taxes to support the state. Neither do they support good causes. So you have very few people amassing all these and not supporting uh, the state. The new initiative by NLA is expected to give people multiple chances to win. For Joy News, Jacqueline Ansuma Yeboa. MultiChoice, Africa's leading pay TV service provider, has introduced a new package known as GoTV Super Plus to the lineup of existing packages on GoTV. This existing or exciting new packages brings an unparalleled um, level of entertainment to subscribers, offering an extensive array of over 70 channels and exclusive content. Speaking at the launch of the new package, Managing Director of MultiChoice Ghana, Alex Autry, stated that the package will afford viewers high-quality entertainment. Here is more. With GoTV Super Plus, viewers gain access to a wide selection of top-tier content, making it the ultimate choice for viewers who seek high-quality entertainment. This impressive lineup includes sports, lifestyles, and many more. Speaking to Joy Business on the new package, Managing Director of Multi-Choice Ghana, Alex Autry, said they remain dedicated to offering top-notch entertainment and sports content that cater to the varying interests of their audience. 
uh, we are bringing Go TV Super Plus, which will have all the all the all the Premier League matches. So all the big teams in the Premier League, name them: Chelsea, you know, Manchester United, Arsenal, and all that. All their matches in the Premier League, you will have it on Go TV Super Plus. It's just 255 CDs. I mean, so if you have Go TV already, just upgrade to Super Plus, and you have all the matches starting from this Sunday. Actually, the community showed between Manchester City and Arsenal. You'll get all, everything on GoTV Super Plus. Head of marketing at MultiChoice, Ifwa Kisinyami, explains how viewers who seek high-quality entertainment can access this Super Plus package. So all you need to do is to dial star 759 hash and then you upgrade. It takes you through a prompt and then you follow the, the prompt to upgrade. The new package, you can, if you're already an existing GoTV customer, all you need to do is dial star 759 to upgrade. But if you do not yet have your GoTV, you can visit any of our dealers, our branches nationwide, acquire GoTV and then upgrade to Super Plus. Meanwhile, the company says it will continue to provide unbeatable local and international series to its customers. Thanks so much for watching Prime Business with me, Pius. Could you back up Prime Sports is next? Bye. My name is John, and this is my long-time crush. My cookie dipped in strawberry yogurt. On this scorching hot afternoon on our way back from a long job hunt, we met this good Samaritan who offered us a ride. Six weeks later... Big night, you shall know a special wedding reception for her bride and groom. And there she is, my cookie dipped in someone else's yogurt. Don't be like John, who holds the mula, calls the shots, play game pack games, the easiest lottery to play and win. With four numbers from zero to nine, up to three times daily to become one of our daily lucky winners. Dial star 946 hash to play now. Or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com. Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority. Don't worry, darling. I won't touch your calipo, okay? Okay.
reason to papa. Should I leave some for you? It's okay, Grandma. You can drink it all. Oh, coffee. I brought plenty for you. Did you know that? that? Calico, the natural fruit juice drink. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Many people think I get whatever I want because I'm a popular actress. But no, that is not true. Me and Kasano, and when I find it, I stick to it. My shishimanya bell pack tissues. Bell pack ewa tea roll. Bell pack tea roll. Soft, but not weak. Strong, but not hard. It is smooth. Minusua, mehotome. It's just perfect. Same as the kitchen towel. Uti bakwa. Uti mi de pepaye. Uti mi soki. Echimu esapepa. One bell pack kitchen towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to bell pack today. Say your pocket tissue, table napkin, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell pack is simply the best. It's just perfect. Nothing feels so good like bell pack. Hey, what number? The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthemita and Lumifantra. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. My name is John, and this is my long-time crush. My cookie dipped in strawberry yogurt. On this scorching hot afternoon on our way back from a long job hunt, we met this good Samaritan who offered us a ride. Six weeks later. Big night to Shanae, a special wedding reception for her bride and groom. And there she is, my cookie, dipped in someone else's yogurt. Don't be like John, who holds the mula, calls the shots, play game pack games, the easiest lottery to play and win. It's four numbers from zero to nine up to three times daily to become one of our daily lucky winners. Dial star nine four six hash to play now. Or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com. Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority.
How do I acquire a litigation-free land or property in this country? Should I buy a house or go through the building process? If I should buy, what are the critical stages and pitfalls? If I should build, how do I get started? Registration of land. Who can help me? Can I just draw my own plan and build? What are the steps in getting a building permit? Rising cost of building materials. Any any other options? These artisan square seems to be ripping me off my money. What, what can I do? For this and other building-related issues, join Emmanuel Owusu-Ansa on The Pyramid Show every Sunday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. on your favorite channel, Joy News Television. If this is Connect Africa with me, Blessed Sugan, welcome to our program. We have updates on the elections taking place in Sierra Leone. There had been some um, attack around the opposition's office. And this was because of, because they prematurely um, announced um, results, which both parties technically did. And what is the cost of political unrest in the West Africa sub-region? The preponderance of, uh, you know, uh, illicit activities resulting from easy access to, to small arms is, is causing a lot of havoc across the region. Five countries, how are you going to work with them? It is one of the few cases where we have the countries themselves agreeing to do it and calling on ECOWAS to act on their behalf. There is a DNA testing, the process of our DNA. Sports segments is brought to you by... Commend DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Another welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. And uh, tonight, the election committee of the Ghana Football Association has reviewed the roadmap for the election of new leadership of the association. Now, September 27 has been set for the elective Congress, while August 7 has been slated for the opening of nomination. Now, the uh, document that has been released by the election committee of the Ghana Football Association uh, details the roadmap. Uh, to that elective Congress on September 27. It also outlines the uh, various, the, the amounts that need to be paid by the various categories as far as the positions that will be contested in the uh, Ghana Football Association uh, leadership level. So let's just take, a, uh, take you through that document and um, you can see pretty shortly there they elected the positions that are going to be contested for at that Congress. You can see um, the election will be conducted for the GFA president. It will be conducted also for the Football Association, Chairperson and Executive Council. Also, the District Association, uh, Chairperson and Executive Council will also be contested. Then in terms of the nominations, we understand that uh, nomination for the various positions shall open and close per the roadmap, which we'll come to briefly. But importantly, which was also agreed at the Congress, is the amount that will be paid by the respective positions that are being contested for in this very electoral process at the Ghana Football Association. And you could just see, in terms of the precedent, you need to pay something in the region of 50,000 Ghana cities. 50,000 Ghana cities, that's how much you have to pay to pick a nomination form then they, uh, for executive council position, 15,000 cities. 
And for the Regional Football Association, 10,000 Ghana cities and 5,000 for the RFA uh, uh, slots in the JFA Executive Council alongside, you see, District Football Association, 1,000 cities and uh, also all the way down to female aspirant for each of the above position having a 50% uh, discount for all of the positions in the event they show interest to contest for them. Now, in terms of the voting procedure, it also outlines the voting procedure. So the voting shall conform to part four of the JFA regulation on elections, which is 2019. And as far as the venue for the elections, as far as the venue for the elections are concerned, we understand that that shall be communicated per the election roadmap. And for compliance with JFA statute and JFA regulations, on elections, we, uh, the, it's, the document further says that the election will be held in full compliance with the provisions of the GFA statutes 2019. So we know that uh, they will be staying to the law. But this, crucially, is a timeline that is going to be followed for the conduct of this election. And you can see Monday, 10th of July, which has already happened relative to the approval of the nomination fees by Congress, which we already know now. Then today was the publication of the elections guidelines, which, of course, we have now. But significantly, Monday the 7th of August, which is the forthcoming Monday, is when we'll get to know where the Congress will take place, where the Congress will get, take place. We know the last Congress took place, uh, uh, you know, in Accra, at the physicians and surgeons. That's where the last GFA elective Congress did take place. We'll wait to see where this Congress will take place. Then on Monday also... That's when official the, the nominations will be opened. And of course, opening of a nomination for GFA president, executive council, and the RFA chairman as parent. So on Monday, if you are interested in contesting for office, uh, the GFA president, vice president, executive council, on Monday, you can go ahead and pick nomination forms at the secretaries of the association. But we also know that on Friday, the 11th of August, you have until Friday, the 11th of August, to present, to, to pick the nominations. So from Monday 7th to Friday 11th, that's the time frame that within which you can go and pick the nomination. Already, we know that the GFA president, Kata Crick, who has expressed interest in contesting Again, seeking a second term in office and also former vice president of the Ghana Football Association, George Efriye, has also hinted that he will be contesting for the GFA presidency. So we'll be waiting to see and bringing you up to speed as and when they go to pick the nomination forms. But also we know on the 14th of August, 14th of August, that's when the notification of date and venue of elective Congress will also go out relative to the regional football association uh, executive members then also on the monday 14th of august monday 14th of august that's when the review of the nomination forms will take place then on the 21st of august vetting will take place that's when the vetting of the various aspirants will, will pick the forms will take place that's when the GFA president, Keta Crick, will be vetted, Georgia Freer, and every other person who is interested in becoming the president of the Ghana Football Association. That's when the vetting will also take place. The venue for which is yet also to be communicated. 28th of August, the publication of elections committee decisions will also take place. Those who have passed through the vetting process will also be communicated to the public on the 28th of August. Then Thursday, the 31st of August, that's when the deadline for appeal against decisions. So if 
it happens that you went to the veteran and you were disqualified, you have until the 31st of August to present your appeal against the decision of the election committee. Now, finally, finally, on the 7th of September, the final decision on appeals will be made and on the 8th of September, the publication of candidates will officially be made. Now, furthermore, we go down just when we've gotten into September. We get to realize that on the 8th of September, that's when the deadline for submission of names and pictures of delegates for GFA and elective Congress will be done. 27th of September, Wednesday, that's crucial. The elective Congress will take place and we'll see the election of the president the election of executive council members, 28, 27th of December, of September, beg your pardon, 27th of December, uh, September. That's when the election will take place, and we'll get to see whether Kerti Kriku will continue as a GFA president or will have a new GFA president on the 27th of September on Wednesday, although the venue is yet to be communicated. We'll get to know that. Then Friday, we'll get to know, we'll get to have the election of RFA chairpersons. Thursday, the 5th of October, RFA chairpersons election for two representatives on executive council will also take place. Then Friday, the 6th of October, publication, publication of election results on GFA website will happen. Then also Friday, the 6th of October, notice for district football association elections will take place Monday, the 30th to Friday, 3rd November. Election for RFA executive council members will also take place. Then all the way in November and uh, 13th, 10th, 13th and, and, and 17th, all the other uh, public publication of results will also take place. So crucial and significantly is the 27th of September when the election of the GFA presidents will take place and other GFA executive council members will take place over there. So keep that on your calendar. And of course, Joy Sports will follow that closely and bring you up to speed as and when that very, very, very story also developed. Now, let's get to the presidency now, where Ghana Premier League champions, Midyama, have been given financial boosts ahead of their CAF Champions League campaign later this year. Ketsi, a one million Ghana cities gift by the president of Ghana, President Takufado, who made the pledge to the team when they called on him at the Jubilee House and also charged them to make Ghana proud at the Continental Showpiece when it begins later this year. And I have to begin by first of all congratulating you, the captain and the members of the team, for this historic achievement. The 47 years since the cup was last won by a team from the Western region. This is great. You've done a great job. Congratulations. <laughs> Against people who win the league, you have to have some people there. Absolutely. You know, but I want to congratulate you very much. And you're getting the congratulations from somebody who's a fanatic of Asante Kosovo. <laughs> So you know that it's genuine, my congratulations. Well done. And, uh, and, and a, t a team that was born in Duca's hometown. Duncan, that's, that's an excellent thing. Thank you very much for coming. Um, I think that uh, the Deputy Minister of Sports is here to assure you that whatever we can do to help in the continental engagements that you are you're going to be involved in this year, we'll
to the women's World Cup now, where Morocco stunned Colombia to qualify for the round of 16 uh, over there. Of course, they joined South Africa and Nigeria as the only African teams to have made it to the round of 16. Here is how Morocco did it. And after the highlights, we'll connect you to Morocco, where a colleague journalist is there to bring us up to speed on the atmosphere in Morocco and even what he's picking up from the camp of Morocco. We'll also connect you to Nigeria, where my colleague Deji is also at to bring us up to speed on the preparation of Nigeria. Here is how Morocco defeated Colombia. Welcome to the final Women's World Cup game to be played at this venue as group leaders Colombia take on tournament debutants Morocco. Shabak, that's useful. Shredi, who was an injury concern, has got onto it. Shredi goes for it. Marie sends it wide. It's Redwani now. Stood it up nicely and they made a mess of clearing it. And over goes Shredi. Yeah, so that's how Morocco defeated Colombia. And just like I mentioned, they joined Nigeria and South Africa uh, in the round of 16, uh, parts of the African team. Three out of the four African countries have now qualified the round of 16. But let's get, let me get to Nigeria and uh, speak to Deji Ojenyengo before I come to Maroud, all the way in Morocco. Now, Deji, Nigeria, they, you know, advanced the round of 16 earlier, even before South Africa and Morocco did join. I mean, bring us up to speed. What has worked for Nigeria in this tournament? And even ahead of that crucial game against England on Monday, what do you believe the team need to do to possibly advance to the quarters? Um, I would tell it's um, great, uh, you know, because once again, um, it, it surpassed expectations, really. Um, Super Falcons, uh, despite the touring preparation they had throughout the competition, they need five in, in the first round, the World Cup, as well as uh, the ball preparation, um, kind of it caused a bit of chaos, uh, but they were able to put up behind them, and the togetherness and the art of the fight um, amongst the girls has propelled them towards the state. But the very first time in Super Falcons history, participating at the World Cup, They've gone in an entire group stage unbeaten, uh, beating the Olympic um, um, champions um, in Canada, uh, beating the host, uh, sorry, joining the Olympic champions in Canada, beating the host Australia, and joining Ireland. Um, the team, the defensive structure has been one of the uh, key highlights for them, even though it's taking a bit of attacking impotence uh, from them up front, which kind of like has um, not brought out the best in 
Um, I'm a first player of the year, um, a start a swallow. Uh, but it's a trade-off that they are willing to uh, still continue to go against um, when they play against England um, on Monday. So um, there's so many things not going for them, uh, but primarily the art, the fight, desire to want to be, uh, go above this Israel threshold of the knockout round. This is the third time they'll be reaching the third um, knockout round of the uh, Women's World Cup, and hopefully uh, they will be able to scale the level of the uh, English national team. Well, interesting. Uh, let me get to Morocco and speak to Marod Montarquil. Uh, Marod, Morocco are participating in this tournament for the very first time, and they are making history, advancing to the round of 16. For the very first time, uh, you know, uh, that they are participating in the tournament. What has worked for Morocco in this tournament so far? And where do you see them possibly getting to all the way in the semis or even in the final? Hello, everybody. Uh, I think uh, Morocco is going to be the surprise of this World Cup. It's uh, almost a surprise for us. Uh, we have to, to say it. Because uh, Morocco, we have seen the first match against Germany, huge defeat, and it's, uh, it was very, very, very hard to do it, to do it uh, with the little chance that we have against Colombia. But uh, as you have seen, the, the, the game had changed between the first match and the second and the third match. I think Pedros now uh, has confidence uh, in uh, some players that he have, didn't play the first game. And uh, the, the, the team is going very, very well. And I hope now against France, uh, everything is possible. As I always say, everything is possible in, in, uh, in football. You have seen what men has done in Qatar. And I think it's in the same same way. The spirit is the same. Mm, interesting. Um, I mean, uh, Desi, Marod is talking about everything being possible. Do you see an African team possibly making it all the way to the final in this tournament? Final is the fast stretch, uh, but um, we've seen so many upsets in the competition already. I mean, uh, this is literally one of the um, um, competition with the biggest upsets, um, the Colombians upsetting the German, Morocco beating uh, the Germans, um, the sole Japanese uh, beating the Spanish national to probable to nothing. Um, so I, I would I'll go out on the limb and say potentially a semi-final slot. Um, that would be very much feasible, and that's because some of the heavyweights from South America, uh, like Brazil, are out, Germans are also out, and either of the African teams can steal one of these European might. Um, the Nigeria plays, um, the English national team, South Africa plays, uh, the Europeans, um, um, the former World Cup finalists um, in the Netherlands, um, Morocco are up against um, another juggernaut. So um, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I, I foresee an African team stealing one of them. My smart money is on South Africa beating the Netherlands national team. Uh, the Dutch for the spirit, bitterness, as well as uh, the um, uh, renaissance they had in South African women's football, and they are defending African champions. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably say semi-final, but I mean, the final, um, it's a uh, fast break. I mean, Marod, what's your take on that? Do you, do you fancy an African team in the final, South Africa, Nigeria, yeah. Morocco? Is that possible? Yeah, well, yeah, I totally agree. You know, I think that uh, this time in the World Cup, we are, we are changing the ranking, the world ranking of the teams. You have seen, as my friends say, you have seen Germany out, Brazil out. Spanish and ever the big big team uh, uh, that that we uh, ever ever known. But now I think there is a new ranking who is in uh, uh, is going on, mm. and uh, everything is going to be possible. You know, uh, I think it's a good uh, Nigerian team. 
a good South African team, good Moroccan team, surprise, yes, but good almost that uh, higher and higher can, can, can show a, a, better, a better game and better way to how to play. Mm. And Marot, let me just have, you know, end with you. Your country, Morocco, have a big game against Netherlands. Uh, what's the atmosphere like in Morocco? Are they rooting for the team? And hopefully, you know, the team just advancing to the quarters. What's the atmosphere like in Morocco for the Moroccan national team? I, you have seen this. The, 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 the timing is not uh, the, the usual timing. to see a football match. Five o'clock morning, eleven morning, and we, almost with that, we have we found people uh, on the cafe, on the on the restaurants, and uh, on clubs. Everything is uh, every, everyone is, is supporting this team, uh, and uh, really they almost want to to go there in uh, in Australia and New Zealand. Mm. But they are uh, supporting the team, and there's uh, we, you know it's uh, another another time where we are may, maybe we are leaving the same atmosphere mm. that uh, that the, the World Qatar Cup. Interesting. Deji, how is it like in Lagos? It's going to be very early in the morning for you guys, but how, how, how is the atmosphere in Nigeria ahead of that game? Um, Nigerians love football, um, especially when national um, teams at the World Cup. Uh, literally mm. everything is a standstill. Mm. And after the person has been going into the World Cup, uh, the win against Australia reignited the nation. And sports were bridged togetherness, um, the various tribes, the viewing centers on the streets. Literally everything stops. Um, and um, at that moment, the Nigerians are going or cheering on the department. Um, against um, England, in which we have um, so much nexus to it, um, it's something that um, Nigerians will be tuned into, I can tell you that. So uh, we're pretty much optimistic about that, and uh, potentially we can still be order. Well, Deji Ojayango, all the way in Lagos, Nigeria, and Marod Watakila, thanks very much for joining me on Prime Sports here, yeah, all the way in Accra, Ghana. And uh, we wait to see how the teams fare. Just take you through the round of 16 fixtures. Uh, like I mentioned, Nigeria will play uh, the, Nether the, the, the England. And, of course, you could just see there Switzerland playing Spain, Japan, Norway, Netherlands, South Africa, Sweden versus USA, uh, well, and England versus Nigeria, Australia versus Denmark, Colombia versus Jamaica, and France will play Morocco. Well, that's all we have for you on Prime Sports tonight. And uh, my name is Razak Musbao. Do have a lovely evening. Segments was brought to you by Mende DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.